Thank you, everybody. And what a great time we've had already this morning. Hey, the worship guys, compassion. Thank you, Rodney. That was awesome. But can we just start in prayer together? Is that all right? Let's just start in prayer together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just come before you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for everything we've heard. We thank you for your heart towards every person, your heart of love towards every person, Father. And Lord, just as we as we look into your word now, as we learn to, to know more about you, Father, we just ask, would you speak to us, Father? To every heart here, would you speak to every heart here? Speak into every situation, Father, every, every personal situation, Father, every circumstance, would you speak to us, Father? And may we remain sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing in our hearts and in this place. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, we are kicking off our series on empower. And what do we mean when we talk about empower or to empower someone or to be empowered or empowering? There's a lot of ways to say it. What are we talking about? Well, what that is associated with is is when we're empowering someone, we are giving someone the, the, the power or the ability to do a certain thing. And we're also giving someone the authority to do something, a certain thing. And here in the church context, what we, what we are trying to do when we are empowering someone is, is trying to help someone walk in the calling of God on their life. Help someone do all that God has asked them to do and called them to do. And as many of you know here at um, Everyday Church, Empower is, is part of our vision. We, t- we take it really seriously. And I don't know if we've got the first slide there, Susan, if you could pop that up. So connect, grow, empower is part of our um, vision. And one of our values of the church is empowering others. So we, we don't just recruit volunteers. We raise and empower people to be released into their God-given destiny. And we get that from the verse in Ephesians to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. It is what we value here at church and we feel passionately about creating space for people, creating opportunity for people to step into that place, but also giving them the skills and the experience and helping them along that journey that they might need within that position or that role. But what we what we can't forget is that there's, there's another side to it, isn't there? There's two realms, isn't there? There's the natural realm and there's the spiritual realm. And these realms run parallel with one another. So while what we are doing what we can in the natural realm, in the physical realm when it comes to empowering people, there's also a spiritual side at play as well. Because really what, we, what we're trying to do here when we're empowering people here in the church context is really just make room for what God's doing. Isn't it? We're really just trying to accommodate and facilitate how God is ordering his church and where God is placing his people and the call of God um, that he's putting on people's lives and where he wants them to be for the building up of his church and the advancement of the gospel. Amen. So that's what we're trying to do. And it blows your mind really when you think about it, that we can work alongside God. We can partner with God in what he's doing. It's quite exciting. So this is the question that I want us to explore just a little bit more together this morning. How does God empower his people? How does God empower me and you? How does God empower his church? And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life when I've, I've not felt very empowered. There's been times in my life when I've felt 
in fact, quite the opposite of empowered. You know, there's been times in my life when I haven't felt qualified for the job. I haven't felt qualified to step into a job. I've not felt like I'm, I'm standing in a position of authority and I'm able to hold that position. There's been times in my life when I've not felt good enough or equipped enough. And I don't know if you can relate to me this morning. There are just times in our lives when we don't feel so sure of ourselves. We don't know what the next step is. We don't know the direction of our life. We feel empty. You've ever felt like that? You just feel like you're running on fumes. It's quite the polar opposite from empowered, isn't it? And especially all with what we're experiencing in the world at the minute with COVID and what Rodney's just explained. There's so much going on, all the social upheaval you see in, in uh, other countries. You know, if we was really just to look out at the world for too long, it makes you quite depressed, actually, doesn't it? It makes you quite depressed. And that feeling of just powerlessness and helplessness. Wow, aren't we glad we come to church this morning? <laughs> Are you feeling encouraged? Off we go. <laughs> I'm so glad we came to church, but you can be glad you came to church, people, because there's some good news for us, amen? In fact, there's some great news for us, because we don't need to stay focused on the world around us. In fact, that's the problem, isn't it? That's the problem, because I can guarantee the times in my life when I felt less than empowered is the times in my life when I'm focusing on myself. How can I make this work? How can I do this in my power? How can I make this happen? What can I do? It's all on me. And the more you think like that, the more drained you get, don't you? The more drained you get. But there is good news this morning because what I'm actually doing there is when I'm focusing on myself is I'm, I'm completely ignoring the spiritual side of it. I'm completely ignoring the fact that there is a God and there is something from heaven for us. A fresh supply that he wants to give us every day straight from the throne of God. A supernatural force from God that he wants to infuse into our lives and empower our lives with. And this supply is so vital to our lives. It is like oxygen to the body. It is like rain on dry soil. It is so vital to our lives. So how does God empower his people? And I can sum it up in a few words. The grace of God. The grace of God. The abounding the multifaceted, the wonderful grace of God, which is available to us every day. The grace of God. We read in Hebrews um, 4.16, So now we draw near, freely and boldly, to where grace is enthroned, to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Oh, the grace of God we so urgently need in our lives. You know, the Apostle Paul spoke a lot about grace, didn't he? He'd learned about the grace of God in his life. And as you, when you notice, if you read the Bible, when he addresses his churches, when he's getting his message out to his churches, he always begins with an acknowledgement and a note of grace. He wants his churches to be aware of and live from and be empowered by the grace of God. He says, may God release his grace over you in Ephesians. May joyous grace be yours continuously 
in Corinthians. May the blessings of divine grace flow to you from, our, from God, our wonderful Father. I pray for a greater release of God's grace to flow to you in Timothy. Paul wanted his churches to be aware and live from a place of the grace of God. But what do we really understand about the grace of God as his church? What do we really understand about it? Could it be grace as a concept that might have been shelved a little bit and not understood as deeply or as richly as God intended it? Could it be we, we've, we've not even, we're just dipping a toe in the riches of his grace and there's so much, it abounds to us. You know, it's not something that, that we've pulled in at where it's become intertwined with every moment of our lives, part of the, the very atmosphere in which we move and exist, a thread so obvious on our lives that when people look at us, they will glorify his name because they'll know you're not doing that by yourself. You're only doing that by the grace of God. So his name will be glorified and not ours. You know, God's grace is so rich and deep. And I'm going to attempt to define it. But really, I feel that there is, it's quite hard to, you know, to adequately articulate all that grace encompasses. So my definition is probably, you know, it's probably going to be less than adequate, but I'll give it a go nonetheless. So if we have our next slide, Susan. So grace, so it's a Hebrew um, word, ken, and it means favor. The nature of God towards us to give favorably, generously, freely, joyously, and undeservingly. But you know, grace isn't just an attitude of God towards us. It goes deeper than that. It's God in action towards us. Grace is an extension of his kindness towards us that releases his enabling power in our lives. It is out of this favor, this kindness towards us that God gives to us. And what does God give to us to empower our lives? Well, he gives us himself, doesn't he? He gives us himself, his life, his nature, his attributes, his wisdom, his gifts, his guidance, his comfort. He gives us himself in the Holy Spirit that he places inside of us. Himself on the inside of us. Our life together with Christ. He lives in me and I in him all by the grace of God. You know, we're not just saved by grace. We are sustained by grace. We are sustained by grace. We learn in the book of Peter that God's grace is um, it's manifold. It's manifold grace, which means it's, there's, there's so many layers to it. There's so many purposes to it. It says in, in 1 Peter 4.10, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. There's so many layers and purposes to it. Now, praise God, we are saved by grace. Amen. Yeah. Praise God, we are saved by grace. See, the ultimate gift of God's grace reaching out to us in our darkness and our desperation to lift us up, to forgive us, to wash, his cl wash us clean and to reconcile us back to himself. Praise God, we are saved by grace. It says in Ephesians 2, for by grace you have been saved, by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the, the love gift from God that brought Christ to us. Amen. Praise God. But you know, the work of grace doesn't just stop there. 
The work of grace doesn't stop there. His grace is still active and ongoing in our lives every day by the work of the Holy Spirit, a reservoir of strength and power and ability available to us for us to step into and pick up and use. And, you know, we use it to build up his church, don't we? We use it for his purposes. We use it to care for one another and step in to what he wants us to do. Because it wasn't just about getting us to heaven. It was about getting heaven back inside of us, back inside of us for every day of our lives on this earth. Let's not forget the last bit of our glorious salvation. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven so the Holy Spirit could descend it. He ascended, the Holy Spirit ascended to us, descended. He ascended, the Holy Spirit descended. Let's make sure we got that right. <laughs> we are not just saved by grace. We're transformed by grace. We're set apart by grace. Our lives have been predestined by grace. We are sustained by grace. We are strengthened by grace. And we are empowered by grace the grace of God. It says in Ephesians, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. You know, when we know this, when we grab a hold of this, when we live from this place, we don't have to feel helpless when we look out there, do we? We don't have to feel helpless or power, powerless when we remember that by the grace of God, Jesus Christ is now on the inside of us. We don't have to feel depressed or afraid when we remember that everything we're ever going to need for life has been deposited inside of us by the grace of God. And we read in 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1, May grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. He's inviting you into that space. He's inviting you into his grace, into his goodness. He's inviting you in that space to learn how to live from that place every day of our lives. You know, there is no situation in your life you are going to face that God hasn't already empowered you with. There is no area of serving you're going to step into that God cannot sustain you in. There is no position that you've been called to in his kingdom that he cannot equip you for. And if God has called you to that position, then God has also given you the authority to be in that position. Amen. God makes all grace abound to us to empower our lives. It says in Corinthians 9. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough for everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. He is ready to overwhelm you with his grace. Amen. Jesus on the inside of us, empowering us every day of our lives. You remember when he said to the apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. 
My grace is sufficient for you. And if it was sufficient enough for the Apostle Paul and what he did for the kingdom of God, then it's sufficient enough for us, church. Amen? It's it's sufficient for you. Take as much as you need. It's not going to run out. We're not going to drain God. It's sufficient for you. And he has a supply just for you, just for you personally. Let's hear of the exhortation that the Apostle Paul gives his son Timothy in the faith. Now, as we know, Timothy, some of us may know that Timothy was placed in Ephesus um, to oversee and pastor a church that, that Paul had established there. And, you know, w- when we learn about Ephesus, it was, it was, um, it was quite a big cosmopolitan um, city. There was a lot of pagan worship going on. They had the temple of Artemis there, a lot of pagan worship going on. And Timothy, you know, Paul had gone in and evangelized and established the church and put Timothy there in place to, to deal with everything. So I would say Timothy might need a bit of encouragement, wouldn't you? I would say God had called Timothy to quite a challenging place. Can you imagine? Really, God? <laughs> really? I would say Timothy, there was time when Timothy got tired, you know? I would say Timothy needed a bit of encouragement, a little secret. (laughs) Paul, what's your secret? And you know what? Paul let him in on a little secret. Should we read it? He says in 2 Timothy, Timothy, my dear son, live your life empowered by God's free flowing grace, which is your true strength found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. Live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace. Serve from God's free-flowing grace. Step into your calling empowered by God's free-flowing grace. Build up his church empowered by God's free-flowing grace. Care for one another empowered by God's free-flowing grace. I can get these words out. And do you know what else God's grace means? And I I felt led to share this today. God's grace also means that that he's never going to leave you. You will never be forsaken. God is always going to be with you, no matter what you're facing, no matter how hard your circumstances might be, God will never leave you. And I want to affirm that from a scripture in Timothy, um, which Paul wrote. 2 Timothy 4 says, He's talking about um, his situation and his ministry. And he says, at first, there was no one I could count on to faithfully stand with me. They all ran off and abandoned me. He says, but don't hold that against them. God, so great forgiveness. For in spite of this, he says, in spite of this, my Lord himself stood with me, empowering me to complete my ministry of preaching to all the Jewish nations so that they could hear the message and be delivered from the mouth of the lion. Ah, You know, I don't know if you're facing a situation right now. You feel like everyone's turned their backs on you. Everyone's abandoned you. You're feeling alone and you're wondering, has God left me too? Has God left me too? Well, let me encourage your hearts today. God will never leave you. God is always with you. By the grace of God will always be with you. The love of God will always be with you. The presence of God will always be with you. Empowering you to do all he's asked you to do and be all he's asked you to be. So what is our part to play here? We always have a part to play, don't we? (laughs) How do we learn to live from this place? 
of grace in our everyday lives. Well, I believe we must learn how to become independent of God's grace to dependent on God's grace. We need to go from independence to dependence. And what's going to help us get there? A word we all love, surrender. <laughs> surrender is so true. We need to surrender. We need to surrender to the grace of God. We need to surrender in the grace of God. We need to stop fighting the will and the call of God on our lives. We need to stop fighting his kindness towards us. We need to stop fighting his love towards us. We need to stop fighting the help he's trying to get to us. We need to surrender. Surrender to him. Surrender in him. We need to surrender that old life, isn't it? Our old stuff, our old way of doing things that we, that we can grab onto so tightly. You know, our own opinions, our own ideas, sometimes we hold them in such high esteem, don't we? We need to learn how to surrender that stuff, our self-life. Because we think sometimes that it serves us, but actually it hinders us. It hinders us to receive all God wants us to receive. Can we trust Jesus? Can we trust him enough to surrender? To surrender in the grace of God. Believing that there's more for us. Believing that he has a better way for us. A more life-giving way. It says in John 25, The person who lives his life and pampers himself will miss true life. But the one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever God is asking you to abandon yourself to him Jesus is saying abandon yourself to me surrender yourself to me have you ever heard a saying um, referring to the gospel and I just love it in dying we live and in surrendering we win in dying we live and in surrendering we win we have to learn from a place of being independent from the grace of God to dependent on the grace of God. And I just want to get a bit real with you this morning. Is that okay? <laughs> Good, because I'm going <laughs> to. Where have I lost my place? You know, this was a thing that was particularly hard for me in my Christian journey, learning how to be dependent on God. It was a hard transition for me. You know, what I had gone through in my um, life leading up to knowing Christ, just the life experience that, experiences that I'd been through. You know, I, I experienced some pretty difficult stuff. My, my parents got divorced. My dad was an alcoholic, and he died when I was a teenager with, um, with a bottle of whiskey in his hand. You know, some pretty, pretty not nice stuff. And what this had done, these experiences, it had formed within me out of necessity or desire, I'm not too sure, but it formed within me this need to be independent on myself. I was going to be independent of it on myself. You know, I wasn't going to have to rely on anybody anymore. I didn't want to have to trust anybody to have to come through for me. If I could just be here independent on myself, <laughs> independent from anybody else, then I'd be fine. It's such a sad way to live, isn't it? And, you know, in a weird way, I'm going to get really real, in a weird way, it kind of fed my ego. 
you know, we get it so backwards sometimes, don't we? Well, I do, anyway. <laughs> Maybe I should just speak for myself. I get it so wrong sometimes. And in a weird way, it fed my ego. You know, when I left home and went to university, people would say, oh, you're so strong. Look at you. You're so independent. Oh, you go, independent woman. And I'd be like, oh, that's great. I'd take it as a compliment. And you know what I allowed it to do? I allowed it to uh, um, form my identity. I allowed it to, to form who I was. It was something I felt like I had to maintain. It was who I was. But you know, the, tr the truth was, was I wasn't okay. I wasn't okay. You know, on the inside, I was breaking. On the inside, I was struggling. The truth was I was desperate for someone to come into my life. The truth was I was desperate for someone to help me come into my life. And then someone did come into my life. Jesus came into my life. Praise God. He came into my life. But you know, he had a lot of work to do with me. It wasn't just honeymoon period. <laughs> that, that finished. <laughs> and he had a lot of work to do with me. He did. You know, he had a lot of unraveling to do. He had a lot of hard stuff that had got around my heart that he needed to begin to break through. And it wasn't pretty. It really wasn't. And for a long time, I wanted just to hold on to everything that I knew. Because who was I without it? What was I without it? I didn't know. I didn't know. And, and for a while, it felt like I was just hanging on this cliff. I still was trying to hang on to what I was and what I thought I was. I was hanging on to a cliff. I so desperately wanted to let go and fall into the love of God. I needed it. I wanted it. I was scared. What if I couldn't trust Jesus? What if his love wasn't big enough to hold me? What if he wasn't safe enough? Could I really trust Jesus? And maybe you've allowed something to form your identity that Jesus never intended it to form. It's just been what we've experienced in our life's journey. Maybe... He's trying to just get that out of your hands and your heart and your head. I was hanging on this cliff for a while. But Jesus never gives up, does he? Jesus never gives up. He kept pursuing me. He just kept overwhelming me with his grace and his love and his goodness. He just kept coming. Until finally, I surrendered. I surrendered. I let go. And I fell into the love and the grace of God. And you know, for a moment there, I don't know if any of us have jumped out of a plane, if we're crazy enough to do that. I mean, Greg Bingen's here today. But for a while, it felt like I was just free-falling. It was a bit crazy, a bit confusing. Who was I? I don't know. I've let go of that. But you know, when we free-fall, then the parachute opens, doesn't it? <laughs> the parachute opens, and it, and it holds us, and it guides us to a safe place. You know, the, the parachute of God's grace opened over my life. The parachute of God's grace opened over my life and it's fastened itself to me and it held me. And not only did it land me in a safe place, it landed me in a much better place. Oh my gosh, it landed me in a much better place with a brand new identity as a daughter of the Most High and a child of God. With, an, with, a, with a calling, with a purpose, with work to do in his kingdom for him. And he's got that identity for you as well. 
you know, you can trust Jesus to let go of that stuff that doesn't serve you anymore, our self-life. He's got something so much better for you, so much better for you. You can depend on the grace of God. You can trust Jesus to let go. And you know, he will empower you every step of the way. You know, I didn't just accept Jesus and then become a pastor. Thank God I didn't. That would have been horrible (laughs) for you. (laughs) I didn't. You know, my first step of obedience towards God was being in his church faithfully on a Sunday. He needed me to be around his people. He needed me to be under his word. And then I began serving in the, in the kitchen. That was my next step of obedience, my next step of surrender. I was doing the pots and serving coffee there. And I loved it because I got to know everyone. But you know, God held me in that place. He held me there until I could give that little bit more, until I let go that little bit more, until he could teach me that little bit more. And then a door of opportunity would swing over, open. And by his grace, I'd walk through it. And by his grace, I was empowered in the next place. And by his grace, I was sustained in the next place. And it went in that pattern and pattern, so on and so on. He empowers us every step of the way. Paul says in Corinthians, Yes, I am the most insignificant of all the apostles, unworthy even to be called an apostle because I hunted down believers and I persecuted the church. You know, Paul had a past life. Paul had an old life. Paul had a self-life that he had to let go of, didn't he? But he says, but God's amazing grace has made me who I am. God's amazing grace has made me who I am. Then here's the next part, which I think is important. He says, and his grace to me was not fruitless. In fact, I worked harder than all the rest, yet not in my own strength, but God's for his empowering grace is poured out upon me. And you know, God and Paul was fully aware it was the grace of God at work in his life, but he didn't let that grace go to waste. That grace in his life wasn't in vain. He put it to work. He allowed that grace to empower his ministry. He allowed that grace to empower his serving position. He allowed that grace to empower the call of God on his life. The grace of God in his life was not in vain. And I wonder if we could imagine together what we could achieve for God in this place if all of us here in this room abandoned ourselves to Jesus, surrendered in the grace of God and allowed that grace to empower us. Do something with that grace. Allow it to empower your life to serve him. Then, Like the Apostle Paul, we can say, God's grace in my life was not in vain. God's grace in my life was not fruitless. You know, as I said at the beginning, empowering people is is part of what we like to do here. You know, we don't just recruit volunteers. We raise and empower people to be released into their God-given destiny. We want to see people released into what God wants for their life. And there's a thought that I just want to leave us with today. Do we know the famous artist Michelangelo? Yeah? Italian artist Michelangelo. Well, when there's a story that goes like when he was sculpting one of his famous statues, it's called the Angel in Marble. You know, he's got his little sculpting tools and he's chipping away at the marble. And a, and a bystander says to him, you know, Sir Michael, <laughs> Michelangelo, he says, well, what is it you're making here in the marble? 
And Michelangelo says, no, sir, you have it wrong. He says, I'm not making anything. He says, I'm releasing. I'm releasing an angel from this marble. Now, I don't have a picture of Michelangelo making the angel in marble. That would have blew your mind, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't got brownie points for that. But I do have the next best thing. <laughs> we got that next slide, Susan. <laughs> not really the next best thing, but you get the picture. He's releasing an angel from the marble. You see, here's what I believe. I believe God is releasing things in this room right now. Amen. I believe by God's master strokes of grace, he's releasing things within each and every one of us right now. You see, really, we're all at the potter's hands. We're all at the potter's hands, aren't we? God's chipping away at us with his tools, chipping away at that dead stuff he wants to get from off us, that old self-life. He's chipping away and he's releasing in us the true beauty and potential that he sees, what we were truly created to do and be for him. Amen. He sees our beauty. He sees our potential, even when we don't, even when we don't. I believe in this room there are trophies of God's grace in progress. I believe in this room there are testimonies of God's grace in progress, custom designed by the hand of God, one of a kind, divine masterpieces of God's grace sculpted to serve him exactly how he's created you to serve. I believe God has so much more for us. I believe God has so much more for each and every one of us and he will be with us every step of the way. Ephesians says, I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who begun this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you until the unveiling of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's releasing things in us. Church, are we ready to yield to the potter's hands? Are we ready to yield to the potter's hands? And let's not just, let's weigh that question. You know, let's really just weigh that question and let's really think about our response. Are we ready to yield to the potter's hands? Are we ready to allow him to release within us what he's trying to release within us? Are we ready, church? Can we give him our lives today? Can we surrender in that grace today? Can we allow him to sculpt and empower our lives? If you're with me, say amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Now I'm just going to pray. Let's have a time of prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're so good to us, Lord. You're so good. You save us. You wash us. You clothe us. You crown our heads. You place a brand new identity on us as one of your children with purpose and destiny. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anybody here today that, that hasn't taken that step towards God yet, you're completely living outside of relationship with God, then, you know, this is your day to take that step. This is your day to take that step. And if that's you, then I just ask that you pray this prayer after me and church if we could all um, pray together thank you Lord thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross thank you that you forgive me of my sins thank you that you wash me clean I believe in my heart you raised Jesus from the dead and I make the Lord 
Jesus, Lord, in my life today. Thank you. Now, if you have just said that prayer, that is uh, congratulations. It's the best step you're ever going to take. And, and we'd love to get some resources in your hands. So please come and see me um, and we can talk about that. And I just want to pray for everyone here today just before we go into a time of worship. Why don't we stand, church? Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, your grace abounds to us every moment and every day of our lives. It abounds to us. It overwhelms us, Lord. There's so much you want to get to us, so much you want us to step into. And I just pray here this morning that we won't leave this room and forget that. I pray that we'll seek you individually and say, Lord, what? Do you need me to give you? What do I need to release from my hands, my heart, and my head? Show me, Lord. Show me how to live in your grace. Show, show me how to make it the atmosphere of my life. Show me, Lord. Show me, Lord, because I want what you've got for me. I want what you've got for me. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's just worship. If you would like prayer.